thank you so much for uh, coming on to Conversations with I Am Lacey P. How are you? Actually, this is Shaniqua. Brooke oh, sent okay. me the. That is okay. Brooke sent me the link. You text her phone, and she just sent me the link, and I just joined in. But hello, how are you? I'm doing well. Hi, Shaniqua. Oh, if you please forgive me, that is so terrible of me. <laughs> That's okay. That's not a problem at all. Yes, ma'am. Again, folks, thank you. Oh, here's another episode of Conversations with I Am Lacey P. Where I talk about every. Where I talk to everyday people. About everything, about everyday troubles and everything life. Today is our second installment of mental health and why it's important. Uh, the previous episode that we spoke on was on the previous on mental health was uh, with uh, Fatima Muse, and now we have Shaniqua Sledge. So thank you again, Shaniqua, for joining me today, and thank you so much. Uh, please tell Brooke I said hello. And I'm sorry that she could not be with us on today. But I have a few questions for you all, uh, for you uh, both, if that's okay. I know that you're a representative today. Yes, ma'am. First, I want to say, what got you all into becoming therapists and counselors? Whew, that's a loaded question. If you ask me that before, you know, I had... I, I still have that answer, but now um, I would say some of it's, a, it's changed a bit. Currently, I work in a behavioral health hospital. And so basically that is, you know, pleasant words where I work in a psychiatric hospital and I work on the um, intensive care unit. So I have the most acute patients, the patients who come in completely, you know, psychotic, they are manic, um, severely depressed, things like that. And so when I see that now, it really serves as a reminder of how important it is to, you know, tailor, you know, to basically to tend to your mental health and to tend to it early. Because a lot of times the diagnosis or, you know, the mental breakdowns or, you know, mental health episodes that we have are due to stress, trauma, previous trauma, things like that, things that have gone unreported, undisclosed, untalked about, things that have just been kept inside for a long time. You know, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that saying, you know, old folks, the older folks, I'll say, used to say, thank God I'm in my right mind. Have you ever heard that saying? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, you go to church and they say, thank God I'm in my right mind. And honestly, until I got in this position and I've been working with mental health for... I would say at least six years since 2015. It's um, it's been my goal for a long time, but I've worked for sure in my professional career at least six years, and it started making more sense now. You know that people will say, "Thank God I'm in my right mind," because I see people come in, and I recognize that we are all, each and every one of us, whether myself or another professional. You know, we're only one mental breakdown away from being on the other side of that and so I think it's very 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 important you know for us to tend to our mental health just like we would you know our physical health and they make therapists go through extensive training intensive extensive training we have to do um, thousands of hours practice because you know we're working with the mind you know what I mean and the mind is very fragile and once mm -hmm. the mind has been 
Hmm, I'm trying to, you know, what word am I looking for? Once the, that mind has been, becomes ill, it's hard to, it's hard to get it back. You know what I mean? And so, oh, yes, yes. Checkups and check-ins the same way we would do with our physical health, the same way, you know, we do our routine physical, you know, the same way we go, we, we have preventative care. Right. For our physical body, we have to do the same thing for our mental health. And so, you know, that's my response now before, you know, if you had asked me, it's simply just to know that for me to have other people know that there is someone who can handle their pain. You know, I may not understand fully. I may not, you know, have all the answers. But one thing that I can do is I can sit with that and I can handle that. A big struggle a lot of people have is is recognizing or finding somebody that can just can you handle this? You know, a lot of times people feel like a burden to somebody, you know, you're not burdening me. I get, I'm going to school for this. This is something I enjoy. And so creating that safe space, that vulnerable space, that, that open unconditional space for somebody to come in and just essentially fall apart. And, you know, for me to hold all of that with them and then send them on their way and give them tools to handle that as they go throughout their everyday lives. And so it really was just for me, for others to know that there is someone out there who can handle the things that you, that you've experienced and you'd be surprised. Some of the things I've heard and encountered, you know, in my, in my work with mental health. Oh, certainly. I definitely certainly believe you uh, because in my other line of work that I do I deal with people that are severely physically disabled and also <laughs> mentally disabled and so they all they always teach us and no people I am not nobody's trained therapist but they do give us techniques uh, that help deal with when they have what they call mental breakdown and behaviors mm-hmm and how they be, some of them can become very physically aggressive mm-hmm. even if they may be confined to a wheelchair or a walker mm-hmm. or have some type of physical assistant aid needed, they can still become that way. Uh, I deal with some people that are nonverbal, and so mm-hmm. when something is hurting them, they do not really know how to express it because it's a... a, 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 a what you call uh, a a uh, like in a sensory in their in mm-hmm. their mind that is not connecting mm-hmm. to what they're trying to say, and so you have to talk to them and see how they communicate because there are multiple forms of communication. Mm-hmm. And so I I definitely uh, resonate uh, from that perspective mm-hmm. uh, with with mental health. Absolutely, you mentioned you know people being nonverbal and having to find other ways to be expressive. And it's, it's, you know, it's very similar. Like you said, it's all circular. It's very similar. You know, people being nonverbal all throughout their lives and having to find an outlet, a way to express themselves. You know what I mean? Um, Oh yes. That's how you get a lot of self harming behaviors. Um, And when I say self-harming behaviors or self-injurious behaviors, I mean people who cut, you know, some people cut, some people will burn themselves, some people will um, engage in risky behaviors, like risky sex and things like that. It's a form of expression because I have so much 
inside and I'm not able to communicate that. I hurt so much inside. And so I want to feel physical pain. There's no other way for me to communicate that. And so some people will, will engage in those, you know, behaviors in order to right. communicate, you know, all of the things that they're going through. And so I, it, it's so much, you know, when we talk about mental health, but I'm really, I'm passionate about mental health in itself, you know, yeah. but I am, I am, you know, adamantly passionate about mental health within the black community and population. And so personally, you know, a lot of the, I will say cultural upbringing of us, you know, what happens in the home stays in the home where you don't bring those people into your business or, you know, you go to church, that's it. You pray it away or you, you know, of church. Let me yes. ask you this. Do you believe that the church can do better in addressing mental health? Because what I have found is that, you know, uh, the minister doesn't always necessarily know unless he's been trained in that uh, in that in that profession, because there are some ministers that have been trained uh, not uh, not just in ministerial work, but also in mental health Mm -hmm. and physical therapy work and so do you believe the church as a whole especially the black church can do a better job at addressing mental health issues because so many times you be like oh there goes so and so you can't talk to them because they 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 go off the rail well mm-hmm. you know you have to address the spiritual but also God didn't just make us spiritual no don't want us to just be spiritual he know we live in this world and he has mm-hmm. put doctors and therapists and psychiatrists and sociologists all of these people in, on earth for a reason for a purpose because he know man is jacked up and <laughs> yes ma'am go ahead no 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 I'm sorry it just made me laugh you are absolutely right you know I I like that you said that God put doctors and therapists and you know other helping professionals in this world to assist you um because he did you know I believe in God but I'm also a therapist and so one thing that I've recognized you know within the church and the black church and to answer your question you know basically first and foremost is yes I do think you know the church in general in general because I work with you know um, several populations I work with many populations of Christians or you know um, church folk uh, essentially and not all black you know and so let me answer that primarily yes the church in itself can do better in how they address mental health now the black church can absolutely do better in how they address mental health and so one thing that I've noticed is like I said earlier is people think you know that's not a problem you pray it away you know or you got God you you don't need nobody you don't need friends you know you don't need family and this 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 you don't need to vent you vent to God you know what I mean and so sometimes you need somebody to talk back sometimes you need something tangible. You know what I mean? And so God puts these people in place for you to have something tangible, for him to move through those people who also, you know, believe in God, work, um, worked, you know, to fulfill his calling for what they had, you know, what he has them doing. Right. They're doing exactly that. And one thing that I recognize is that, you know, I have an, ex- I have an experience and it's very recent. I had a patient you know, I was given an example, you know, of some emotions that you could feel, 
And one of them was loneliness. And one patient said, well, you know, it's a sin to be to be lonely. And I'm, you know, I understand what she's saying. And, you know, I know what she where she's coming from or what her explanation will be. And then she explains it and says, you know, well, ultimately, excuse me, ultimately, you're never alone. You always have God. And so so it's a sin to be lonely. And in that itself, I feel like is. It can be harmful to say you should not feel lonely. You have God. So one that is judgmental in itself. I feel like a lot of things in regard to, you know, our faith can be judgmental and it stops a lot of people from seeking out those additional services because it places a lot of shame around our feelings. One thing that I let people know is that we feel the way we feel. You feel it, allow yourself to feel it and not feel shame around your emotions and one thing i can say is there is a lot of shame placed on people who who seek out you know mental health services um while in the black church i also feel you know in church there's a there's a sense of um patriarchy you know if there are issues that you have as a woman you're just told to kind of hang in there you know you're doing, you're doing god's work i used to work with domestic violence and i cannot tell you how many of my clients came in after having conversations with the pastor and the church folks and the church mothers and and how they were told to hang in there and it it makes no sense to me because there are you know ways out of a marriage you know what i mean i don't see that i don't personally see god wanting you to be beat on black and blue just in the name of marriage or commitment i see you being cheated on persistent consistently you know, in the, in the sake of commitment and, you know, I made my vows and things like that because there are certain, there are ways out and there are ways out in the Bible that say you do not have to deal with certain things that's right. within your marriage. And so, you know, and that's just one aspect of how I feel like, you know, mental health is overlooked. There are a lot of women suffering in the church because yeah. they have to hold on. They need to hang in there. They can't speak up. They need to, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. There are these supposed to's and you know this is what you you have to do if you're a woman of god or if you're a man of god this is how you operate and so as far as addressing mental health i absolutely feel like it should be a collaborative e- effort i feel like you know you can definitely have your faith but you can also have a therapist you know yes. i pray and i go to therapy you know i worked in i did my internship inside of a church and they basically they um provided free a limited amount of free therapy sessions for their um congregation and it was flooded when i say there were people from left and right wanting to come in and seek out those services and not want to be judged for ways that they felt like you know other people would judge them ways they're possibly not following god and things like that and one thing that i feel like we do with therapy is is i'm not trying to remove your faith i'm trying to help you get on track and aligned with what it is that you believe but also helping you helping you identify and define your faith for yourself what does it look like for me as a person, a male, a female, maybe someone who loves the same sex? What does that look like for me to believe in God and right. remove the stigma from being able to express those things? And I want to just be a familiar face. You know, how good yeah. does it feel to walk into an office and the provider looks just like you? 
Girl, talk about it. It's it good, right? You walk in, you it, see it a black doctor, and I'm I'm lit because oh, good, you know. Or I walk in and there's a black person. It's just this sense of safety community. And, and community. Exactly, this sense of community. Somebody who possibly can feel where I'm coming from without me having to explain the backstory. You know what I mean? If I have to express how I'm feeling, it's not. Well, let me let me kind of paint the picture for you or let me help you understand why I feel this way. It's already this instant understanding of where some of those emotions can stem from, you know, and not, no, not all black therapists and all black clients are a perfect match, you know, but there is a sense of connection and community when you find somebody who's professional that looks like you, that, you know, is not judging you off of little things, who's not calling you lazy for being depressed, right? You know, right? Who, who isn't, you know, telling you to just get over it, suck it up and, and viewing you a certain way because of the way you speak or you even having to question, are they judging you because of the things that you're sharing, you know, in regards to, to race? But, and so that's, that's a whole different thing. But, you know, to go back to what you were saying, I definitely do feel like, you know, the black church specifically can handle um addressing mental health differently you know um me and my colleagues wanted to we still want to be inside of churches you know the goal for me is to go inside of the church and to offer therapy to anybody who wants it you will be surprised how many people will absolutely take you up on that offer and you know them knowing you're a christian as well right it helps, you know, so yeah. not only am I looking at a familiar, you know, someone black, but I'm looking at a black Christian therapist. Now, right. everything won't be, you know, surrounded around faith if you don't want it to, but I can also help, you know, put um, some faith things into perspective for you yeah. if that's what you need, you know what I mean? And so oh, I, I definitely feel like it can be a, it can be handled differently, and I don't think it should be something that's, you know, put on a pulpit. If I'm struggling and I come to the pastor, I don't want it to be preached about on Sunday. You know, I don't want it to be something that people are mocking me about or gossiping about or things like right. that. Like we literally get, we're trained and we get paid to hold your deepest, most sacred, you know, struggles to ourselves. Definitely. Yeah. Let me ask this question. Mm -hmm. Are there any new trauma trends that you have discovered among the generation uh, behind us, uh, such as Gen X or our parents, uh, Gen uh, uh, the baby boomers, versus under our generation, uh, which would be their grandchildren, Gen Z? Uh, do, is, do you find there any type of phenomenon between the traumas? Like, well, I noticed this. I know well, you may notice uh, uh, a particular pattern with like social media trauma mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that our generation didn't have to deal with because um, um, MySpace came out when I was like a senior in mm -hmm, high school. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you you I mean you you basically just listed one. And before I go into that, I have Brooke. She walked in and she's like itching itching to answer this question and you know i can join in after would you like to answer yeah sure. yeah so yeah i have brooke here and she is basically she itching to get to this so i'm gonna let her talk <laughs> so I, I came in when y'all are talking about um 
the, the, the church. And so that really got me started up. But my name is Brooke Gordon. I am a licensed professional counselor, a licensed chemical dependency counselor, um, and um, one of the three wonderful founders of Remedy. Um, to answer this question, um, I think um, the social media, of course, and I think the more blatant um, trauma surrounding our LGBTQ kin is um, has escalated a lot. It's, it's been there, but right. it's escalated a lot. Um, and so um, initially my, my, my thoughts to your question is that I don't think it's a whole lot of huge changes. I think that our grandparents swept a lot of stuff under the rug and we've pulled the rug up off the floor and said no we ain't sweeping nothing else under the rug and so we're allowing more of those things um, a, a lot more of those struggles to be seen and it's uncomfortable still for those older generations so i think a lot of the traumas uh, mirror themselves still mm -hmm. we're just refusing to allow them to be things that are not being talked about and that are um ignored or that are um swept under the rug but there are other new things such as the social media um traumas that they they did not have then mm -hmm. and yeah. i to 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 follow up with what she said you know there are like depression you know or you used to tell somebody i'm sad i'm depressed well, you don't know what you don't even know what depressed is you're too young to be depressed right? you can know my nerves mm -hmm. you know you don't have no nerves or depress them dishes in there you know and so before it was it was there <laughs> I feel our, our moms our grandmas our our grandpas they were sad they were depressed they were traumatized they had PTSD they had anxiety they have um some of them are narcissists some of them have eating disorders like they struggle but they they had to more so keep that together and you know that's one thing I will say that I I do I don't appreciate, but I do acknowledge where they had to keep it together for us in order. And, and they just basically paved the way for us to have the freedom and the privilege, because it is a privilege now as, you know, young black um, gen, millennials, Gen Z, it's, it's a privilege to be able to say I'm depressed, you know, versus you need to get you need to get up. You need to go to work. You don't have time to be depressed because how many of our grandparents had problems with alcoholism? Oh my God! Exactly. How uh, many of them used to? How many of our our black club. elders were in the club and and doing certain things, coping with sex and things? How many of them have been in domestically violent situations? How many of them are obese because of the way because of you know things that they've experienced, whether sexual trauma or you know they're depressed and so they eat. We always talk about how unhealthy the black community is, and they don't contribute or attribute any of that to trauma which i can't which is something that i ultimately want to research and study because it's very true on how those those stereotypes of us those are trauma related and there they are formed from trauma responses and so i definitely feel like we handle things differently but we have more freedom of expression to say that i'm struggling with this now you are absolutely right when it comes to social media back then i didn't have to have hundreds of thousands of people bullying me i didn't have to watch everybody's 
fake pictures or you know everybody's right. grass be greener wherever they are or you know right. not recognizing their photoshop skills or you got somebody else money in your picture like it right. was it's you know it wasn't so thrown in your face of what you didn't have or, or what you weren't doing well or perceivedly what you're not doing well or what you don't have or how well everybody else is living because social media is a facade i had so many people post pictures every day they turning up they 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 vacationing on a regular and commit suicide and then it's like i would have never known yeah because what they posted on social media they made their life look so um they made their life look great they made they made it look like they were carrying it well, but they were still struggling. And so, you know, social media definitely has put it right in your face and it's made you had to deal with those things more. Um, you have more access to certain things you have. It's just, it's so much more difficult now with the age of social media because things are not forgotten. Things are out there forever. And, and, and with that, it's, it's also difficult for us to make mistakes and recover from those mistakes because oh, you slip up and something go viral and you can't, and it's hard to come back from that. And you have millions of people's judgment and opinions on a mistake you made or, you know, just your humanness. And yeah. back then they didn't have all of that. There was a way that you could cover and protect oh. and shield that, is 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 more difficult now i also agree with you ladies i mean you know our, our childhood and generation is on a polaroid and your mama favorite kodak three millimeter camera where you mm -hmm. had always from echo drugs to get that those those 28 pictures mm -hmm. and the the saddest part during the summertime was if you ran out of battery on your bicycle <laughs> With your walkman on your mixtape that you had worked on all week for the week, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so I definitely agree with you, ladies. And it, it's been such a privilege uh, talking with you all about mental health, uh, Shaniqua. So will we be calling you the future Doctor Shaniqua? Absolutely, in the next five years. Absolutely. Um, and I like that you said within the next five years because that put a little fire under me to get my life together. But for the most part, absolutely. My goal is to my ultimately my goal is to have my own private practice. You know, we're already working on remedy and it is also to be um, in counseling, supervision and education. And so my goal is to teach and train other professionals and young black professionals to be clinicians as well to be therapists as well because there is a major deficit when it comes to mental health professionals um for the black community for the most part you go onto a website and you see nothing but you know white hispanic hispanic other faces that don't look like you and you just feel you you question whether or not this person will feel where I'm coming from. How guarded will I have to be in therapy when I'm supposed to be vulnerable? And so I want to ultimately, you know, create that safe space. Um, I wish, you know, I know you said you had something at seven. And so I wish that we had more time to go through this. And as you can see, I can talk about mental health forever in a day because it's honestly something that I love and feel like a lot of people don't pay close attention to. Um, I feel like, like you said, now the, the younger generations are tackling mental health. They have more access to it. 
it's something that's that's been plastered everywhere i feel like it's something that is less stigmatized like i've been in rooms where people are saying yeah i went to therapy yesterday and everybody cheers people yeah. are clapping. people yeah. are like yes to the therapist or people are saying my therapist said and that honestly makes my heart swoon because it just means that I'm working on myself. It's not saying that you're just listening to and hanging on to the word of some other individual, but it means that I am honestly taking a vested interest in my healing. And I feel like whether you have major trauma or you just, you have, you know, minor struggles, everybody, everybody could benefit from therapy, especially yeah. my black population, especially the youth and especially our elders. When I can work with someone um, of, the elder population it honestly makes me feel very grateful and proud but i don't take it for granted because i know that this is this is even harder for them to do to sit with someone especially someone younger who's considerably younger than them and mm -hmm. talk about some of the struggles that they feel like i can't comprehend right to allow them to have that space to discuss and to to fall apart and to help them put it all back together again because and I can say this and I and I can you know sum it up I think one of our biggest fears in the black community is if I go to therapy and I fall apart I won't be able to put it back together again if you make me break down in this session I won't be good to go do everything else that I gotta do I got too much to do to be crying I got too much to do to be sitting around thinking about my feelings but one thing that I can say is the body keeps the score. And so when we don't sit around and talk and discuss and, and, and release our emotions, it's yeah. out in another area, whether that's in your job, in your relationships, and that's intimate, um, interpersonal, familial, at your, um, with your employees, your friends, any type of relationship is coming out. Yeah. I can't, I can't get this right. Or I can't connect or my self-esteem is low or all of these things there's someone out there who can help you with it and someone who is not going to judge you for it, who you can be open and honest with and still be viewed as the same person, not as anything different. And so if, if I just had that to say for people who, you know, are listening to this podcast and, you know, considering whether or not I should go to therapy or if it's really for me, could it be beneficial? Absolutely. Shop around, find the right therapist. Like you will find the right physician. Um, interview them um fire them if you don't like them you know you do not have to be stuck with a therapist that you do not agree with who doesn't have the same values possibly or who who is just not for you they just don't feel you the way that they should you, you feel like your therapist should feel you let them go and try right. something different and i know that's easier said than done because it's hard being vulnerable with more than one person you telling me i gotta tell this to somebody else i gotta open up and do this again and you know if you want to find that right fit yes you do because just like with a physician you get a second opinion right you get that's somebody right. else who can confirm yes and so you get somebody else who can confirm or deny like mm, I don't, I don't feel like that's right because just like um, physicians, just like any other profession, there are some people who do more harm than good. And so if you feel like they don't understand you or they're, they're making you feel away or they're re-traumatizing you just like everyone else, cut it off right there, set some boundaries and decide to move on and find someone else. And um, I'll say this and I'll let you go because I know you have somewhere to be. Um, open path 
is a great open path collective is a great resource for people who want counseling services and who are unable to pay hundreds of dollars for a session now granted i'm a therapist i want to get paid there are some people who i will charge hundreds for a session because they can pay it but this this specific website is for people who who aren't able to pay that much for a session and who still want to get therapy and so myself um shaniqua sledge and brooke gordon are on that um are on that website and you you reach out and there are other therapists on that website you reach out um it's a sliding fee scale um they charge between maybe 30 to 60 dollars for individual and maybe i think 30 to 80 or 50 to 80 for couples and it's as simple as that and so there are resources for you there are places that will not cost you an arm and a leg all you have to do is decide that you want therapy that you want to take an active interest in your mental health or you want to change the direction that your life is going and believe it or not it is never too late to change and there is someone who can support you and handle the things that you're going through um nothing is new under the sun everything you've you've done has already been done everything you've seen has already been done we've heard it all you will not surprise me you will not shock me i will not i sometimes i won't blink when i hear the things that you say and it shocks people that you can handle the traumatic experiences that they've encountered but again we're trained to do that we are called to do that it's something that i you know am passionate about there are people yeah, who are there to help you off. Say it again. You cut from a different cloth. Yes. Yeah. I must say this conversation has been very fruitful. I have learned a lot. Um, so much so I would like to definitely do another episode with uh you Shaniqua Sledge and also uh Brooke Gordon. Um, uh, because I believe there's more to this conversation that has not been said and there is more that people need to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we can reschedule uh for another time but definitely look out for part two of this series um uh mental health in the black community and definitely look out for uh part that uh, it's going to be episode three but it's going to be uh part two of this conversation with the future dr shaniqua sledge and the future dr brooke gordon oh say that ladies a hand i I will give you one myself thank you because this was absolutely phenomenal thank you ladies so much for joining uh conversations with i am lacy p uh these episodes do load weekly on sunday nights we thank you so much and i hope that you all have a phenomenal evening you as well thank you for having us You're welcome. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye.